Hello, everybody. It's Michael Martin. Thanks for being here today. I got a message from someone that talked about, you know, how do we trade uh, given the environment and given that a lot of the charts are, you know, wrecked with this, you know, pullback because everything kind of got pulled back, even super quality blue chip stuff uh, besides like some of the weaker names that hadn't really done well either unless you were short like crypto or the marijuana stocks, for example. And so it reminds me of a conversation that I had with uh, one of the faculty guys here, and we're talking about charts in general, like charts, you can uptime, you can downtime. Charts, since you have daily data, right? Open, high, low, close, volume. Even if there's nothing recognizable, Charts are on a continuum, and they're living and breathing mechanisms, right? So if you don't have a simulator where you can run the data through the engine to simulate a mechanical model and do that across a portfolio of securities, not just, you know, falling in love with, like, the E-mini or gold, right? you want to be objective and you really want to surf the waves that are worth surfing you don't want to have to sit there and impose your will on one instrument because that wave might not ever come so what you can think about is say if you look at a lot of the charts you're seeing v bottoms in in things right or you did anyway depending on when this gets published big sell-off then you have snapbacks v bottoms are hard to time what do they change into? What do those, what, in other words, does the V bottom become part of another larger structure? And I'm not talking about Elliott Wave stuff, but it is a little bit analogous in that, you know, if you look at a V bottom, right, could that be the first shoulder down on a head and shoulders up, right, which is a bullish pattern. You know, if you look at the shoulder, then it sells off again, takes out, the shoulder rallies back up, you got some neckline formed, right? You put in another shoulder and then that rally off that other shoulder. I know it's hard to envision on just an audio only um, program, but it gets you thinking about, okay, so maybe you couldn't trade the V bottom because admittedly it's hard. You haven't seen them before. You have to have really good timing. So much of it is driven by the news in this case with COVID-19. So, you can beat yourself up over it, or you can just say, like most people do, that V-bottoms are kind of challenging to trade, uh, although it is a type of a reversal. Or if it doesn't go to head and shoulders, does it become part of a kind of a condensed, squished, you know, cup and handle situation, which is another pattern, right? Or does it extend out and you have the V bottom, and then you have lots of volatility, but it's really kind of a big volatile consolidation that, you know, could be, who knows, 200 points on the S&P. It could be 2,000 points on the Dow, for example. And that becomes the, you know, the middle part of what Victor Sperandio defined as the one, two, three reversal. So this way you can kind of anticipate as the, the game unfolds, you know, maybe you don't have a model or an, a, a tactic for trading a V bottom, 
but you can anticipate that the V bottom turns into something else that you do recognize and you can make part of your overall arsenal or arrows in your quiver, you know, for trading. Uh, I mentioned a couple here, the cup, cup and handle or the, uh, the one, two, three reversal. There's probably a lot of na different names for these same things, so kill me if I didn't get it right. Um, I think you get the point here is the tactic so that you have, you build your playbook, right? So that this way you can anticipate as the chart unfolds, right? Because every day that the market's open, there's gonna be data. And instead of sitting there looking inside of what's still unfolding as like a V bottom, and you go from daily charts to 10-minute bars to 3-minute bars to tick-by-tick tick to 30-minute bars, what you're really doing there is, I guess you could be doing some research, but when I used to do that, I look back at it, and I can say for myself that it seemed as if, you know, I was trying to make sense out of cloud formations um, because I didn't want to just look through a chart on the S&P or gold or whatever and just find like a solution for that day because I felt I need to trade because there was volatility and you know I wanted to participate into that and I had to kind of come away from all of that period of time to learn that volatility does not necessarily mean opportunity and if you feel the pull of the volatility that you have to be involved you really have to do that with a set plan and a set of rules that you know how to execute and deploy. And then you need to know when to sit on your hands. The last thing you want to do is be pulled into a market because of the volatility while you don't necessarily know what you're doing. Because that's an invitation to lose a lot of money for reasons that you don't fully understand. And trust me, I've been there. Um, and so my mindset right now is if I can't express the edge, then I have no business being there, market volatility notwithstanding. And I think that's an important takeaway for folks who are starting out in that you always have to, and this doesn't come from me, this comes from people of all shapes and sizes, of all different trading styles, day traders, swing traders, short-term traders. I've heard it from Mike Katz, Mike Bellafiore, I've heard it from Ed Sakota, Michael Marcus, Victor Sperandio. They all say the same thing at the end of the day. Is once you've been around the block a couple of times, you kind of come to understand who you are and what you do, right? And what role do you play yourself on, the, on your own team of trading, okay? If you look at the Chicago Bulls, yes, you had Michael and Scotty, and they were amazing. But without Dennis Rodman, that's a whole other team, all right? You have a guy who was a leader in the league in getting rebounds on both ends of the, of the court, and that played a material role in Michael and Scotty being Michael and Scotty. So think about yourself and what role you play to your own trading, and when you get that, I don't see it as a weakness. I think it as, as a power of strength. You know, you could make a case that you know, Rodman was a lot more valuable to that team, all of his off-court stuff notwithstanding, than he got credit for. Because he knew what his role was and he owned it. Man, did he own it. Right? So there was a lot of wisdom in his, in his approach to the game.
So I can share for myself. I can't project this onto you because, you know, it's um, – I don't know who's listening on a lot of levels. But when I found myself sitting there looking at the markets at the time, this is going back a long time ago, over 20 years ago, looking at the volatility in some of what would become, you know, those Internet stocks and the technology stocks – you know, we were coming out of a situation that was known as Wintel, Windows and Intel, right? So it was Microsoft and Intel, and that was going to be what was behind a lot of the technology because the combination of the software and the speed of the chips was going to revolutionize technology. So this is kind of what happened before the Internet boom that ended in March of 2000. You know, I found myself uptiming and downtiming on charts, you know, trying to look for an opportunity. And I think the focus should be you should be looking on where you can affect your edge more than you're looking for the opportunity. Because without the edge, how do you know it's an opportunity, you see? And I spend a lot of time looking at these charts going up time and down time, looking at intraday, and I'm speaking for myself here. That was an act of desperation, and I had to go through it. And then in the aha moment, I kind of learned like, well, this might not be an opportunity for me if I don't have a plan, if I don't have a, my systematized set of rules or the charts that I read in the way that I read them. If I can't express my edge, then it's going to be very, very dicey times. Like, how do I know I'm here and then I'm in hoping? Like, I put the trade on and I hope it's going to work out because I need that emotional win more than I need the finance, right? I needed to do that. Anyway, food for thought, as always. I... Uh, Always appreciate you being here. If you want, you know, the transcript to this episode and others, you know, you can go subscribe at Martin Chronicle. I'll send them to you. Sometimes it's easier to read them than to hear them, given, you know, your travel plans or the time that you have for this. As always, I really appreciate you being here. You can also get a copy of the uh, audiobook version of The Inner Voice of Trading while you're at Martin Chronicle. Um, any questions, you shoot me an email, reach out on social media. Happy to help you. Again, thank you for being here, and I'll see you next episode.